Now you're playing with power. Superpower. Sonic 2 handles stubborn stains. Embarrassing bald spots, no problem. Warning. Incoming game. Two best friends get sent back to the year 1990X. Now they have to play games the old school way. No guides, no internet. No, no way. way! This is the Retro Reset Podcast. Call in game tips at 747-21-RESET. That's 747-217-3738. Ask your parents for help. Did you ever get to play my uh, sanity test level? Uh, yeah, die. Could you die? die? <laughs> Could you just what, you die? Don't have six, you don't have six minutes? Oh, I did uh, it. To, to, to just waste? <laughs> I got through the whole thing. <laughs> and then I, I uploaded another level, Bork, Bork's Quest. So I uh, saw Bork's well, Quest. That one I couldn't finish. That one's hard. It's a puzzle game. It's really hard. Yeah, I, I like that one. It's fun. It took me a while to finish, but... Yeah, that's my Mario Maker two check in. I guess if anybody's yeah. interested, um, maybe we can I'm put excited the about it. Level links in the description, maybe. I don't know. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, if you guys want to check out Kyle's levels, they are online. They are on the interweb. On the inter switch. Anyways, yeah. with that being said, I guess we should go ahead and get to this show started, right? Yeah, man. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Retro Reset, where we reset our gaming brains to the time of the 1990X, before the internets, and before, you know, going online and looking through walkthroughs and for all of the fun stuff. Before GameFAQs, before GameRevolution.com, which is my, was my go-to cheating website. We're oh, doing I, went to, uh, Just, I went to Game Winners. Oh, Game Winners? Yeah, GameWinners.com was my, was my go-to. I never, I never, I just heard about Games Revolution. I don't know why. I think it's because I had a magazine for it. Yeah. I heard about Games Revolution. I just, some kid told me about game winners in school and I was like, oh man, I'm going there. And I found a bunch of cheats for Sonic 2. (laughs) Heck yeah. And one of them was like, put a bunch of waterfalls in debug mode and Ashura will appear. (laughs) Ashura? Yeah. It's like a character that people thought was real in Sonic 2, but it's just a. If you did enough, like, certain things with debug mode, the game would glitch, and Sonic would come out palette-swapped. And people were like, oh, that's Ashura the Hedgehog. It's oh. really it's really stupid. It's not Interesting. a real that's thing. That's the imaginations of the, of the yesteryear, back when internet didn't exist. And we yeah, had to rely people, off of the schoolyard yeah. and our neighbors for our gaming hints. But people were still making shitty palette swaps of Sonic. Well, yeah, that hasn't changed. Yeah, it has not changed. That was that was like the first shitty palette swap uh, fan character was Ashura. <laughs> that's the first I ever heard of it. Anyways, Did you, shall, yeah. should we do a proper introduction? Yeah, probably. Okay, so hey everybody, welcome to Retro Reset. You know the show yep. by now. Yeah. Right? We play Ho- games hopefully. back in the 1990Xs offline. And we rely on... Uh, Word of mouth, our, our, our Discord schoolyard in order to gain information about the games, as well as each other mostly. Mostly Discord and each other. Yep. Try and complete games without going through the internets. However, I guess people on Discord could go through the internet, couldn't they? You don't know. Do we have any loose Well, chains? I mean, we're it's an honor system. You know? Yeah. We're asking for tips from our, our friends, but it's, it's an honor system to say that, you know, that person... Has probably played the game before and, and knows what we're supposed to do. Honestly, a, a lot of the tips we get, we don't implement until after we've done it for the show anyway. It's true. 
Yeah. It's true. We kind of, <clears throat> I try to do it as like dry bones as possible, just going off what I can figure out using, like I said, our old, the old gaming p- part of my brain. But yep. in today's episode, oh yeah, by the way, for those who wish to leave, tips, tricks, and memories of the next game we're going to be playing, which is Zelda for the Super Nintendo, right? NES, NES, NES. NES Zelda. Sorry, right. Yeah. That's what I meant. NES. I just had Super Nintendo on the brain for some reason. Make sure to call yeah, us at me too. Se- 747-21-RESET. That's 747-217-3738. Oh, you got it. Nailed it, buddy. <laughs> Anyways, today's <laughs> episode, we're going to be doing a continuation of last week's episode, which is uh, Chrono Trigger. It's going to be the gameplay episode. I'm going to be walking through year, uh, my journey through Chrono Trigger. We're going to be... We're, me and Alan are going to be holding hands, walking down this thing. Everyone's going to be holding hands. Yeah. It's going to be real weird, real uncomfortable. Hold, holding uh, hands through time and space. That's the name yep, of the game. Sweaty hands. Just real sweaty that was hands. Actually, that was actually the uh, uh, working title for Chrono Trigger, was holding sweaty hands through time and space. Yeah, I could believe it. Yeah. And it's like, it's just like, you know, seven kanji, but it's too long for, you know. Yeah. Don't, don't look it up. Yes. It's real, but don't look it up. Okay, stop telling me to look up to. weird things on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> don't, no, I'm saying don't look it up. Okay. Don't don't search the exact <laughs> terms holding sweaty hands through time and space. Also, don't look up. Don't say words like that. No, we, I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> anyway. Because you did that to me and scarred me. And maybe kids <laughs> listen to this show. Yeah, that's true. Sorry. No, yeah, leave that out. I meant to yeah. say uh, Barney <laughs> World. No, don't don't. I don't know what that. Anyway, some Barney World. You know, is Barney like a, the dinosaur. Is Barney the cinematic universe. Yes, that's. Fun. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so like I said, we're going to be continuing Chrono Trigger. <clears throat> I will be attempting to kind of guide you through. I'll keep my hands as less sweaty as possible. Anyways, for those of you who are new to the show and haven't watched part one yet, go back and watch part one. I mean, what's wrong with you? Or listen to those, it. And just in case you have short-term memory, I am Kyle McCleskey. Oh, and I'm Alan Jenkins. So that's our names. Yeah. With it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's just, you know, just uh, deal with my name. And deal with it. So we're going to be doing something a little bit different. So yeah. everyone has got to close their eyes and get in the mindset, all right? Get, 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 uh, get prepared. Try to. We're teleporting. To, we're already. We're still in 1990x. We never left from last episode. Oh, okay. So you don't want me to engage the time circuits? We don't have to. We're already in. We haven't left. Okay, yet. we're already there. We're weeks. we never left. Yeah. What so. have, what have <clears throat> we been doing for the past week in 1990x? Um. Or 1995 specifically. Specifically 1995, probably watching cartoons and just the usual stuff. I guess going out and probably jumping in a pool. It's been hot, man. Oh yeah, it's it's nasty out. Shoot, no. maybe going to Aladdin's castle in Stillwater. That still oh, exists. Oh yeah, good times. Yeah. Maybe going to uh, the Dollar Theater. That's right next to it, next to next to House of Greek. One time, a dude there threatened to give me a heart attack with how much butter he was going to put on the popcorn, and I gotta say, best popcorn ever. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna kill you with pop butter. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'm like, this is what I wanted. This is what I asked for. I am, this is what I came to your establishment for. I am seven years old, and I need more butter. Thanks. 
yeah, expect a coronary. Anyways, guys. Yeah. So we're going to get in the mindset now of what it's like to be playing Chrono Trigger. I, something a little different. Let me know what you guys think. Okay. So, all right, everyone ready? All right. So imagine yourself back in the day of your childhood. It's summer at last. School is just let out. And you're allowed to choose one game to rent from the local gaming outlet. You arrive and lo and behold, the game you've been waiting for is finally available. The other kids at school talked about this game quite a bit, citing what is one of the best RPGs ever. You quickly make your rental purchase and hurry home. You enter your dark-lit room and you are greeted by a familiar hum of static coming from your Xena CRT TV. Why did it put CRT TV? I don't know. As you, as you power it on, you assume the most comfortable gaming position, feed away from the buzzing television. Leaning over, the game is slotted into Super Nintendo with a satif- satisfying click. Then, with great excitement... You at last slide the power button forward to the on position. At last, powering on the game. Boom. All right, guys. You there? You all? I know I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the gameplay portion of Chrono Trigger. Yeah, boy. Anyways, so. It's finally happening. It is. It's finally happening. So I guess what we'll start off with is I'll kind of give my explanation as to how I heard about this game. So yep. I, I think I explained this in the last episode a little bit. I didn't really hear much about it because when I was in school, about the time uh-huh. that this came around, everyone yeah. was talking about the Pokemans, right? That's true. So yeah, I didn't. I, I don't know. I never saw it. Not to mention. Had Pokemon, like, had Pokemon come out at this point? Or when you Seems heard about the game, Pokemon was already out? Something like that, yeah. I, I just don't remember hearing much about the game. Because right. I think at the time I was probably seven. So I was mm-hmm. in first or second grade. Maybe Zelda was more of the popular thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Also, it, it also didn't help the fact that I think I was too young for RPGs at the time. Maybe. Right. I just wasn't into them or something. Not to mention, I was one of those people that went to like Hastings and stuff like that, Mate Rip. Mm-hmm. And uh, would bring yeah. a game based on how it rip, looked. Rip in peace, dude. Rip in peace. Rip in peace. Oh, so did I. I. You ever rent that game called DJ Boy? Nope. Yeah. So it was this game that was really bad. Uh, DJ Boy was like, but it had this rad cover with a kid with a backwards hat and rollerblades, and I was like, I want to play that game so bad. Same with um, Chester Cheetah, Too Cool to Fool. That was a rental for Oops. me definitely judged by its cover. I was like, that's super cool. It's cheetah. I like Cheetos. Let's do this. Bad weekend. Hey, the, <laughs> it was a bad weekend. The worst one I ever rented was Mohawk and Headphone Jack. Oh, that game that, sucks. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the games I played for like three minutes. I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Just eat that $5. It's, it's really bad. That, that game's not, not a good time. But yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I guess Pokemon would have been a year later, but I mean, that's that's in the same window, you know, like where yeah. people still would have been talking about Chrono Trigger. But uh, I think you're right. This game is more um, I wouldn't say adult, but it's definitely got stuff going on that. Yeah, I think probably pro- wasn't for us at the time. Yeah, it was too complex. I was like, I'm going to yeah. play Mario World or Zelda, I think, was about the most advanced thing I ever did at the time. And right. I, I guess. I, I, I never saw it for rent or if I saw it for rent, I saw the cover and I was like, eh, it didn't look to, I had, I needed color or something just like rad. Yeah. The color on the cover is very, 
um, it's very gray. I think like today looking at it, I love it. I think it's one of my favorite yeah. uh, covers because it's got Chrono like jumping up into the air and his sword's on fire. He's doing a move from the game. It's so cool. But and it's like a, it's a poster I want to own. But um, and I know you have yours with your DS game and I lost mine. So I thought you I thought you framed it. No, I wanted to. I just never did. Oh, whoops. It's somewhere in a box, but I'm sure it's like crumpled and crushed by now from moving 50,000 times. We all have those. <sighs> yeah, but I'll get a, I'll get a poster of it. But it's definitely oh, yeah, like I mean, it's it's great. It's it's set in the snow. Yeah. It doesn't look immediately exciting. No, it it's definitely I that's probably why I didn't really I could have glanced over it and not noticed it. It just didn't it didn't pop out as much. That's probably right. the same reason why I never really went because I remember seeing Final Fantasy two for rent and I've never rented yeah. it because mm-hmm. I was like it's just like, oh it's Final Fantasy and it's pink or something. I probably thought of something dumb like that. Right. <laughs> well it, I, I guess like, it would have been pink on some of those store shelves because that stuff immediately faded when it yeah, was out on store why, shelves for so but long. I have a, I have a distinct memory of being like, "Oh, that's pink." I don't because anything with pink on it, forget it. Because that meant it right. was a Barbie game. <laughs> I was yeah. a dumb kid, so uh, there's that. Well, anyway, I didn't. I didn't have a. <laughs> I didn't have a Super Nintendo at the time. Um, I had friends who did, but that was probably in like the one year of my life where that, or like the one or two years where I was like, "Sega's better. Nintendo's dumb. Mario is trying to steal secrets from Sonic." <laughs> like. You know, stupid stuff you come up with as a kid. Um, yeah. But like when I was nine, I was already, you know, the the seeds of me being a Nintendo kid were already there. I had a next door neighbor who had uh, Street Huge Fighter and Buster Bust Loose and um, some other great SNES games. He had Batman. Um, and then I had a uh, another friend who I made friends with about a year later who... Um, had Super Mario World and Lagoon and Donkey Kong Country. And I was just always really excited to play Super Nintendo after that point. But I didn't have any friends who played it. Um, I never saw it in a uh, in a store. And I was definitely obsessed with mascot platformers um, at the time. You know, I was yeah. like, ah, oh, Sonic and Mario. Those are, the, those are the two greatest things in the world. I was really into racing games and yeah. like pull, like yeah, strong looking and protagonists on the front, basically. Right. So like Castlevania, I thought looked neat, and I thought Dra- Dragon what's what's that Dragon Crest or whatever it's called Demons Crest. I thought that one was Demons Crest. Oh yeah, that game's cool. And uh, it's funny because I remember another game that put me off based on the art style and on, on the cover. I don't know uh-huh. why, but was uh, Yoshi's Yoshi's Island. Right. And I, well, I kicked myself later. I was like, oh, my God, this game's amazing. What's wrong with me? Because I played the 64 version <laughs> later, and I'm like, oh, yeah. my God, I'm an idiot. So I think the first time I actually played the game, because the first time you played it, we talked about last time, and that was on DS, right? Yeah. You just never never got to it. Well, I guess you're not yeah. as cool of a fan as I am. <sighs> yeah, I'm just... Well, like I said, it, yeah. I, my just, first intro- I was yeah. first introduced to it when I was like 22. Right. It was back in the Walmart days, Tramalaw and all that. Right. Walmart backwards, terrorizing retail American markets with low ass wages. Yep. <laughs> I broke the code. I broke the code. Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> Illuminati confirmed. Um, the first time I played it, I was in middle school or junior high, and I just discovered emulators. So, oh, 
Um, I, In I other did words, it illegally. You played it anywhere you could. Yeah, you I did. Played it anywhere you could. Yeah, but I, I discovered emulators, and I, I I was at a time like we didn't have CDs, we had uh, floppy disks. So I was saving like ROMs and emulators onto these discs and I'd be like, you know, I'd write all the, I'd put a little tag, a uh, little label on it and say, okay, this one has all these games on it. <clears throat> and I was just like going through ROM sites and thinking, you know, what looks cool? What has a cool title? Uh, so Super Mario RPG, I was like discovering things that like I didn't know existed. Uh, so yeah. I felt like I was, you know, seeing a lot of these things for the first time. Like, how come nobody told me about this? Nobody talks about this. So I found Super Mario RPG, a lot of the Final Fantasy games. Um, yeah. I played for the first time with that. Earthbound uh, was the first time I played Earthbound. Um, and I played a lot of RPGs on emulators because I didn't have a controller. And I could easily map the keys to the keyboard, and it wasn't that hard because you just navigated through menus. So Chrono Trigger, the first time I beat it was on an emulator. Um and it was just this mysterious thing that nobody had ever talked about. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I think I beat it without a guide the first time I played it. And then I went into a guide on GameFAQs to sort of find some of the secrets uh, that the game had to offer. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I remember it very fondly. It was like at a formative time in my life where I was like, I just discovered all this SNES stuff that was just completely new to me. Uh, hadn't even heard of it. I just found it. And I was like, Chrono yeah, no. Trigger, that sounds mysterious and cool. It's weird because like you see mm-hmm. all these games for rent and stuff for sale, but there's always there's so many other ones you just don't mm-hmm. see here. Like you look you look at it in a list and you're just like, wow, there are so many games. Right. Just have to try. And I went the time, that phase too. At the time, all we had was Showbiz Video. I don't know if you remember Showbiz. I bet, um, yeah, I remember it. Yeah, we had Showbiz Video uh, and Hastings. And at the time, Hastings was in... And Blockbuster. Well, yeah, we had a Blockbuster. But I, we had like three things in town. And there wasn't a huge selection. Blockbuster was a small store. Showbiz Video was smaller and independent. And um, the uh, Hastings was just starting. And it was in like this smaller building. I remember it had really good lighting because it was just like huge glass windows and they had comics. Oh, yeah. and that's where I found Sonic comics for the first time. It was this crazy that, place. Having now kind of gone over the how we discovered the game, mm-hmm. I think it's finally time to start. I, I like to call it the first five minutes of the game. Okay. Mm-hmm. So plugging it in, powering it up. Like we're talking like judging a book by its cover. First thing we see kind of the first impressions of the game. Now for me, mm-hmm. when, when I first started the game, I, you know, I turned on the title screen was interesting, I got to say. And of course, I got the bonus of having a cutscene at the mm-hmm. beginning, which I I played a few times before I realized that there was actually an intro scene. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty good. Yeah. Like, I, so I was like, I was doing it for this for this recording and about like halfway through, I let it play and I was like, oh, crap, this is actually uh, pretty cool. But um, yeah, as far as like the first five minutes of the actual game. It starts out as Cronus Cronus being awoken by his mother, and um, honestly, as far as the plot taking off, it felt very typical. Mm-hmm. It felt very. Um, I wasn't immediately grabbed by the game's face value, really. Really, because it, to me, it still felt like it was taking from the tropes of other RPGs. Because uh-huh. I remember playing other RPGs where it starts out as somebody wakes the protagonist, the adventure starts, you know, uh-huh. kind of like that, and. Um, 
course, this is me now, not from the nineties. Cause I imagine it would have been completely different if I played it when I was younger, but right. But it had all the usual fixings uh-huh. of, uh, of the, of, of RPGs at the time. So like equipment screens and overworlds and towns. And it, I wasn't really having high hopes for the game actually when I originally played it. Cause it just, it just felt like a typical RPG. Right. That, that's how I kind of seeing like that overworld and everything kind of reinforced the assumption that it was just going to be another run of the mill RPG. But how wrong was I find out later? Make <laughs> sure to tune in next week where I, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, and, and I mean, I mean, I imagine, like I said, it would have been completely different uh-huh. if I had started playing it in the '90s because, like, I was new to the RPG scene, so I'm like, "Wow, oh, this is cool." But uh-huh. I mean, having played it now, it, it's just like I haven't played all the previous games. It's just that was my immediate pickup from that. Right. You know, my impression was totally different the first time I played it because it was my first time playing, I think, a JRPG. Um. Actually, you know what? I had played some other stuff. I had like gone through and played um, a little bit of a, of a couple other JRPGs, and I was just sort of discovering the genre. So I had played a little bit of Earthbound. I had played a little bit of Super Mario RPG um, and a little bit of Final Fantasy 2. And yeah. I, I, at the time, I was like, you know what? I don't know if I'm super into this, but when Chrono Trigger started, the intro was like this really quiet thing that I didn't expect with the um, with the pendulum at the first at the first bit. And I didn't let it uh, I didn't let it play long enough to do the intro because it has its own um, it has its own like intro with a song and everything that the uh, same thing. Yeah, but it's not the it's not the uh, animated one. It's just all like sprites and stuff. But um, I didn't let it go past that. I just immediately started. I'm like, what is this? And so I'd never experienced a lot of these tropes. So as as as, uh, boring as they may seem. To me, it was like this brand new thing. And I'm like, ah, oh, what's this? It's so magical. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You know, yeah. we started playing at different intervals in our lives. So for sure, it's interesting to be able to get that perspective. You know, mm-hmm. like I said earlier in the last episode, I'm sure we mentioned that it's it's interesting to hear our views because we're playing this game. We both really like kind of mm-hmm. at the same time, but our views are very different based on when we actually played it. Yeah, so. for sure. So now that I've kind of gone over how I initially thought of the game when I started playing it, I'll go ahead and go into detail about like how it looked and sounded and stuff. So like, as far as graphics were concerned, I thought this was interesting that you brought it up. Uh, I think we talked about this briefly last episode where we uh-huh. said that there was influence from uh, Secret of Mana. And uh-huh. I, I, I noticed the graphics from looking at it. I, call, I thought it was a mixture of Final Fantasy VI and Secret of Mana, uh-huh. which apparently they had influence from. So that makes sense now, which I thought was interesting. I didn't know that at the time. Well, at like, least yeah. there's a there is a tenuous connection. I don't know if it's influenced by it, but there's definitely like some of the same people worked on the game. Yeah, I, I'm just it it feels yeah. similar because like mm-hmm. I, I noticed there was some because based on the RPGs that I played and all the RPGs I played back then, I can look at it and see that the Final Fantasy VI kind of shows up in the overworld and the town mm-hmm. aesthetic. Like the a lot of the exterior detail screams Final Fantasy VI to me. Uh, the colors of land are bold and dark, and yet details still shine through, uh-huh. which is uh, something that Final Fantasy VI is always amazing at. Because they used kind of a darker palette, but everything kind of popped out still. It was right. It, it was able to carry whatever tone it wanted to very well. And then the secret of Mana feel kind of comes from the battle sequences, uh-huh. because it's not your it, the characters are larger than traditional sprites of Final Fantasy. 
and the movements are very fluid, even during turn-based battles, which is something I didn't expect. So it felt like a mishmash of both the Final Fantasy kind uh, of kind of like background, but with like Secret of Mana influences in the battle system is very very interesting, right? Because uh, yeah, because it was interesting, so I had to worry about. It. Yeah, you know, I hadn't played Secret of Mana um, when I played Chrono Trigger, and I still haven't really played much of Secret of Mana. So I, I noticed some of the like visual similarities. I feel like Chrono Trigger definitely takes a brighter tone than um, just like color wise. It's it's brighter oh, than than like the Final Fantasy games, um, and it's a little less neon than Secret of Mana. I feel like Secret of Mana is like really bright at a lot of points. Yeah. There are some big ta- like palette differences in yeah. some of it because there's points in Final Fantasy VI where they're slightly brighter, but the you know these like I think you went over last episode. Mm-hmm. They try to stick to happier. You know, all the characters are a bit kinder looking. They're not as scary. They're supposed to all be fun and right. whatever. And like and they kind of do that with the graphics as well, which is just, you know different. I'm just saying the the detail and the way they lay them out. It feels. It feels very, it feels very Final Fantasy, and the battle system. I can see more similarities than just the graphics, really. Because mm-hmm. if you ever get to play the, uh, play the Secret of Mana, you'll notice like Secret of Mana has different varying attacks and stuff like that. They don't have like combo attacks like Chrono Trigger does, but like right. they get different levels of attacks. The more they level up the weapons and stuff like that. So right. I just thought that was interesting. That I just kind of noticed some similarities, and that kind of continues as it goes through. Yeah. But, Chrono Trigger definitely feels like an evolution of everything that has come before, um, and especially Square Enix uh, RPGs. I don't know yeah. what connections it has to Dragon Quest because I haven't played those, but I assume there's some similarities to there since um, people from Dragon Quest worked on the game. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I played, like I said, I've been playing Dragon Quest Builders lately. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a good comparison. I played probably a little not. bit of 8. The yeah. stories. I feel like the writing was probably influenced more from it because, like, the story and the final yeah. and the Dragon Quest games are pretty immense. Right. I remember because, like, just the amount of dialogue you go through, each character is like tended to like. There's no character left out. Every character has a personality. Right. Every character is involved, and uh-huh. there are a lot of characters in Dragon Quest Builders too, as well as Dragon Quest Eight. So I think maybe that's maybe where the influence comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. But, it was a writer from. I think the the creator of Dragon Quest came in and he he worked a lot on the script. So that makes sense. That the mm. that level of detail would carry over. It makes me excited to play the Dragon Quest games now, though. Yeah. When a lot comes out on Switch. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. I'm getting it for sure. We should like I don't know. I don't know if I want to do an episode, but we should definitely play it at the same time. <laughs> Heck yeah. Bounce bounce notes we'll do we'll do yeah, like we'll, our we'll own notes. off the air. Off the air. Uh, we'll reset. do a real life retro reset off the air. We're there you go, person. man. I'm down. We can just say all the imp- inappropriate stuff we want. <laughs> Not that we do. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, we're, on. we're totally clean. <laughs> Get off of yeah. my Christian Minecraft server with that. Yeah, you said a bad word. Get off my Christian Minecraft server. My mom's my mom says I can't play anymore if you say if you say damn again. Oops, I'm, I said it. Oops. I'm very disappointed in you for saying that a second oh, time, even no. though you were just telling me something somebody else was saying. Uh, yeah. it's just, it doesn't hurt. matter. I repeated it burns my ears. I'm, now a, bad inf- I'm a bad influence on everybody. Now mm-hmm. I should yep. wash my mouth off with soap. Please, please right. do immediately. Get some, maybe some dove. Mm. I Delicious prefer life soap. boy. 
Ife Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> what about uh, Irish Spring? Uh, Irish Spring is great. I'm a I'm a big fan. I don't buy it I anymore because the... Sam doesn't like the smell. But yeah, I mean, I can be in the mood for it. Yeah. You know, washing my mouth out with that stuff, but. I feel like we kept Irish Spring in the house when we lived together. Is that, it's is that true? I feel like I can't we did. remember. It was just cheap. I just remember it being cheap and smelling kind of good. It was, it was pretty good. I usually yeah. stuck with Old Spice myself. Oh yeah, I remember you had those. Uh, this is maybe getting too Old detailed, Spiceman. but you had you had those like uh, shower gels and stuff. Heck yeah, I wanted to smell 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 pleasant. Look, this is what adult male friendship looks like when you live together. <laughs> you know what it, yeah, you, soap each other use. You eat pork chops and you talk about soap you use. <laughs> <laughs> so if any of you haven't gone to college yet and looking for a roommate and you're a male and you're going to have a roommate with a male roommate, you know it's got to look forward to now. Yeah. By All the right. way, pork chops, applesauce, great combo. Oh, totally. Great combo. Anyways. So that, now that we've gone to that side tangent, let's go a little bit into how the, how how the sound how the sound how it sounded. Okay. Uh-huh. Now again, this is based on immediate uh, sort of impressions. These are all kind right. of based on immediate impressions, but most of them will carry over uh, to later because my opinion of the music didn't really change because uh-huh. I thought the music felt really mysterious and eerie right out the gate with the game's intro music. As the game uh-huh. began throughout, the music made like the grand plot feel that much more grand. It was light and whimsical during good times, deep and complex during the game's climax moments, which there are plenty of. As for the sound effects, certain sounds stuck out more than the others in the battle sound effects. Uh, and those were the battle sound effects. So like, I don't know if I noticed that if, if you play, remember the DS version and watching the cutscenes, mm-hmm. like some of those sound effects are ripped directly from Dragon Ball. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I thought that was super cool. So, like, as I started playing the game, I've actually, like, started watching more and more clips of mm-hmm. uh, of Dragon Ball Z. And I'm just like, wow, that's so cool. I, yeah. Like, I think Chrono's kind of, like, really warmed me up to the art style. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. But, uh, it, when I when I first saw that, I was like, oh, this immediately connects me. Because I, I was watching Dragon Ball Z at the time when I started playing Chrono Trigger. So it was just, like, this immediate, like, Ah, oh, this looks like this looks like Dragon Ball Z. Is it the same? Is it connected? Are they in the same universe? You know that kind of. Yeah, I know. Because at the time, you don't really connect artists with art, but you're just like, you know, yeah, is this is this canon? Like, because back then you'd be like, you'd be thinking to yourself, maybe this is like a secret side plot that's going on with Dragon Ball Z, or vice versa, or something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe run into Goku somewhere in Chrono Land, or vice versa. That would be yeah. a really cool speculation to make behind the uh, at a sleepover. Something I can see that happening. Oh, totally. I was that already happening. I was watching um, at the time. I was I, I was also playing some of the Japanese Dragon Ball games on emulators. So I was just like, all of these things are intermixing. All these things are like uh, intertwined in my head. But to to get back to your point about the sound, um, I thought the I mean the music is one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. Of course, um, yeah. And I think the orchestral stuff they do in the uh, DS and PS1 versions are just amazing. Um, but the sound effects I found to be, I, I like them a lot, but I found them to be very like naturalistic uh, and not, not in a bad oh, yeah. way, right? They just feel like they belong, but they're not as iconic as something. They're not as gamey, you know? They don't, they don't feel as much like a video game, like the sound effects from something like Sonic or like even 
you know, even some other RPGs um, that have really uh, iconic sound effects like Zelda, right? Whenever yeah. something happens in Zelda, you know what the sound effect is. But as I was searching through for sound effects to use to bleep a curse word in the last episode, I couldn't really <laughs> find anything that that felt iconic to Chrono Trigger because all of the sound effects sound like they belong in that world. And it yeah. never it never takes you out and makes you feel like you're looking at a video game, you know? I thought yeah, that was no. cool. It it Yeah, it's interesting because like I know what you mean. So like the sounds aren't super oh, what's the word? Over the top. They're very they fit. They're, yeah, they fit they're un, they're understated. Well. They don't fit anywhere else. They yeah. fit that Chrono Trigger sound fits in Chrono Trigger and it doesn't really fit anywhere else. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's it's all one piece, I guess. If you mm-hmm. Think about it, but yeah. Uh, despite that, like they didn't. I can understand like they don't have that unique sound per se. But despite that, it, it's like, it's I unique. The... It's unique, but it's not ridiculous. It, yeah. it it sounds realistic for the for the style, you know. And I, yeah, and I think it translated well in the battle sequence, especially when you use like dual text and stuff like that. The sounds that that made during the mm-hmm. attacks, like just made it even more badass like you could feel the momentum behind them by listening to the sounds like they think they did a good tribe good job translating like the sound with the amount of the power of the attack that makes sense with the for animation. sure some they, of the animations it, are super so awesome satisfying to, to watch most of the time because like i got ice sword 2 kind of toward the end of my, of my playthrough right it is so cool <laughs> Love have, ice sword 2. have you unlocked any of the triple techs yet yeah i, I yeah i uh I can't. Who was I playing with? I think I unlocked the one with Chrono for Chrono. Uh, Ayla, not Ayla. Chrono Marley. Marley is that her name? I always said Marl, but Marley is what I hear everybody else say, so I'm probably wrong. Marley and uh, what the heck? I has been a while since I turned the game on. Spoiler alert, guys. And uh, the other girl, Luca. <laughs> Luca. I got their triple tech, and I got the one with Frog. Uh, so their triple tech is Antipode, and then I think the one with Frog in it, I can't remember. I can't remember what he does, but I remember Antipode, yeah. and, and there's actually a second Antipode, which is even better. So you should, yeah. should keep... Uh, for, for those of you who aren't playing along, Chrono Trigger has this really cool system in their battles where characters, different characters, will combine to make different types of attacks. So as you level them up, you get tech points. Um, in battles and there's actually some places you can farm tech points in the game um there's some specific enemies in this one area where if you beat them a certain way you get like 100 tech points or something uh hmm. it's pretty great um but are you talking about uh rubble yes yeah the uh, rubble enemies yeah so you can farm tech times. points from those um huh. and as you do your characters unlock different abilities that they have and those abilities for example, when Chrono learns Spin Cut, um, he can combine that with a magic attack that one of the other characters knows. So Spin Cut will combine with Ice and Ice 2 or Fire and Fire 2. And uh, those will make like special uh, attacks with the sword. So yeah. they're all they're all combinations of other moves that end up being these super moves that are really, really fun and make it they give you like incentive to use the other characters, which yeah, I, and I thought was cool. All super satisfying. All of yeah. them are super satisfying. They really like. Really they did good. such a good job in the detail in this. What would you say sure. is your favorite? Uh, so far, yeah. Uh, 
Probably Ice Sword too. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it does a hell of a lot of damage too. And it's just really, it's 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 awesome. I don't know. A lot of the battle, a lot of the, I really like Fire Sword for a long time. Mm-hmm. Then I got Ice Sword too, and I was like, it's pretty cool. I mean, they're, I mean, they're all of, all of Chrono Sword attacks are pretty awesome. Yeah, Chrono is great. Uh, I, I I like Ice Sword too as well because it because um, the ice block like splits into into multiple parts after he's yeah. done cutting them. It's like a, it's like watching an anime, you know? Yeah, it's really cool. They did a great job. I will mention one more thing about the music, though. Uh, I agree with you totally. There's a guy uh, for the listeners, for the Chrononauts that are listening. There's a guy on on iTunes, Blake Robinson's Synthetic Orchestra. He did a bunch of remixes. Would you call it a remix or like a orchestral interpretation? Uh, I don't know. It's like a, it's not really a remix because it's not like in a different style. It, it's like an orchestral yeah. arrangement cover that's the word they did yeah, like orchestra cover, cover. Yeah. yeah so he, he made he, this on itunes there's a few parts of it they're all really good i actually walked back down the aisle with my wife to one of those songs so that's how. oh yeah the credits music yeah yeah that was awesome it was so good you couldn't hear it very well because the music wasn't turned out very loud but i could hear it and no one else, everyone's like hey this is weird music and i'm like i know what this is <laughs> <laughs> it's a Me great song know. I still yeah. like I can hear it in my head right now. Like you, you tell me what song it is and I can immediately just bring it up. in my Oh, head. yeah. It's it's so good. It's the it's same iconic. as like um, Smiles and Tears mm-hmm. from uh, from Earthbound. It's that iconic. Right. But yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah. The sound is really good. The sound design of the game is really good. The music's really good. Uh, I immediately picked that up as soon as I played the game. I knew this game was special. It wasn't. I know Final Fantasy six, I think, was also had really good music, but nothing caught me. I think the only other game that caught me that quick was Earthbound. Earthbound music really snatched onto me. I don't know why. Yeah, Final Fantasy music, especially pre, like, Final Fantasy VII, I feel, uh, is really good. But not every song is super catchy. And I'm not saying this as a negative thing, but, like, not every song that they have in in Final Fantasy is, is like, incredibly immediately memorable, right? There's not... Yeah. Not every song is an earworm. Like, the battle music, um, the decisive battle music for Final Fantasy VI, I can can bring that up in my head immediately. But if you ask me, like, what's the intro song sound like, I have no idea. I yeah. like I know this I know the like the, the song that's oh, in, front yeah. of, the, in front of every Final Fantasy game that's iconic but the music that plays at the very beginning when you're like in the mech robots and you see them like walking across the these like yeah. icy plains super super cool sequence I have no idea what the music sounds like I know what you mean yeah but it, it, it is as soon as you hear it you're like oh that's it you know but it's right Chrono Trigger's skins that stick with you Chrono Trigger has those hummable themes that uh, don't get annoying. Yeah, I guess, I guess not to mention their music in a lot of the cases isn't as complex as Final Fantasy's is either. Actually, like, there is a, a really good video about the complexity of Chrono Trigger's music. It's deceptively simple, right? It has really strong melodies, yeah. but it does this thing that um, there's this great video I'll link uh, in the dis- in the uh, show notes, but it talks about how um, Chrono Trigger use, uses non-functional harmony, I think is what it's called. Um, huh. And it's like, it, it basically does unexpected things that um, like wouldn't necessarily make sense to do in terms of chord progressions, 
but it ends up imparting this certain style that's very unique to Chrono Trigger and hasn't been done in a lot of games. Um, yeah. So for an example, the song uh, in the forest that has like that and it's like really I, and I'll play a clip of it uh, you know in you know in post here but wow yeah, um, it is. oh wow, look cool. it's really good yeah, but wow, it, that's, it, really, that's too loud wow turn it down okay sorry jeez blowing my ears out <sighs> thanks for making more work for me in editing uh, <laughs> I'm sorry you don't have to do that just no me. I'm definitely gonna do it just, now <laughs> just just voice over just voice over where I'm talking and say Cal's just being dumb here and then, and then just, <laughs> You just leave the rest alone. But it does this thing where, like, a lot of songs in their melody and their chord progression will sort of have this resolution that's satisfying. And Chrono Trigger doesn't do that a lot. Or if it does it, it's in a way that's really unconventional. And it gives you this floaty sort of feeling in some of the songs where it's like there's an, an unsureness and there's a, uh, there's a mystery to it because it's, yeah. not, it's not ending in a way that's expected. Yeah, um, I think in my it's, notes, it's really I, cool. I in my notes, I kind of described it as myster- mysterious and eerie. Yeah, and, and that feeling was... comes from the non-functional harmonies in a lot of parts. Yeah, uh, which are all over the place. It's like one of the motifs of the game is these non-functional harmonies. Uh, um, and I, I don't know. I think that's what it's called as non-functional harmony. I could be wrong, uh, but I'll, I'll link the video. It's really interesting. And I am doing a really poor job of explaining how it works. Yeah. <laughs> it's it I you got you got I figured it out. I know what you're talking about, man. I, yeah. I got you. I got you. That's it it is I it's hard to explain, but I mean once you hear it, you're kinda like, ah. Yeah. Ah. I get ah. it. You heard the clip, guys, you know. Yeah. Anyways, so briefly I do want to go over uh the, the controls of what I originally thought, and I thought that the controls were solid. Mm-hmm. Uh solid framework for that were all good RPGs at the time when it was originally came out. Right. Although the three DS or the DS did have the extra touchscreen capabilities, which I didn't use very often. So you can use the touch screen on the map to move you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever did that. I didn't know you could. <laughs> you can move the character by moving the stylus, the direction on the, on the touch screen, which yeah, I, I never, never used, used. But if I was like eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something, and I, I just like do it. And then I could like, you know, Mm-hmm. Use the stylus, but I never did. And then it also uses the same fare of items, equipment, and magic that a lot of uh, other games do. Nothing really extraneous. Mm-hmm. And then, but it it's it's solid. It has it has it doesn't have anything it doesn't need. All mm-hmm. the menus work fine. Uh, all the buttons make sense, unlike <laughs> Mr. Quest. And yeah, it's uh, really yeah. it's really intuitive. I don't notice the controls in Chrono Trigger, and I think that's a good thing. That's that's the there it is. It's like makeup, yeah. man. Yeah, you gotta wear it just enough so people don't know you're wearing it or something. Yeah, something not like that, that I know. <laughs> Even though my foundation is completely just washed off by now. And if you'd anyway, like to buy so, some, uh, if you'd like to buy some of uh, Kyle's, uh, uh, what did they call it? What's the oh man? If you would like to buy Avon products from Kyle. He'd like to talk to you about a marketing opportunity. No, I buy my I buy my my makeup from James Charles. <laughs> I have no idea who that is, but okay. Okay, people will know. <laughs> good joke. It's, it's not a. It is a. It is a good joke. I swear. Someone is it a multi-level marketing that. scheme? No, James Charles. Is that his name? James Charles. Some guy on the internet that is. Hi, sisters. Does that ring a bell? No. Okay, I'd watch too much internet. Great joke. That's the lesson to be learned here. <laughs> anyway, 
So I will just also briefly, I'll describe that uh, controls uh, and stats. So like the controls are your basic RPG fare, which is, you know, your movement and select and all the other stuff. But like the, and I don't think any of the stats were really that unique. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the TP thing, the, uh, the, jo- or the tech points, which I think was different. Right. Other ones, but that's how you improve your skills. So like your experience and your skills kind of level differently, but they kind of don't. So like whenever yeah. you level, I notice like, oh, so-and-so's leveled up. They've learned this ability, this ability. And then through tech points, you could also unlock abilities. Right. Does that mostly apply to like dual techs or? No, tech points, tech points unlock your, you get tech points as you go along and there's certain, um, I think there's, I can't remember exactly. It, it, it's so like I said, it's intuitive and it doesn't get in the way, so I'm not sure exactly what the math is behind it. But if it's I'm true. not mistaken, techniques are unlocked through um, both leveling up and tech points. If I'm not mistaken, you get some like yeah, basic I've... techniques with with um, with just leveling up. I, I noticed I never like because there were some you could see that you haven't unlocked yet, but I never really went back and observed it. I, I was just always right. pleasantly surprised when I learned a new ability. So yeah, it's like I a mean, fun. It's like a fun surprise. And, you know, that's something that has turned me off of some RPGs uh, in the past is uh, their system. Like, for example, um, it's taken me a while to get into Final Fantasy VII because the materia situation confuses me Oof. a little bit. Yeah, I, uh, I imagine I'm going to run into that, too. Like, it, play it. it looks fine, uh, and people tell me it's really good, but... I, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand like equipping magic attacks to your weapon. I mean, I guess it makes enough sense, but I, I feel like a lot of RPGs have these very complex systems and Chrono Trigger. It has complex systems behind it, but they're not in the player's way. You don't yeah, you, you don't have to understand how everything works in order to have fun. Yeah, you know. like I said, it, it doesn't. It tries to put all that technical stuff behind the curtain and lets you just have fun. Right. Like it's I never like pay that. attention to the stats, other than like, oh, I'm putting on an item, and this increases the character's speed. Right. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I, I'm using an item; it modifies my ability. The, the uniqueness comes from a lot of other stuff in the game, and I don't think the the item system isn't groundbreaking. You know the. No, the the stat system isn't groundbreaking. There's nothing about it that's like particularly like mind blowing. But I think that's what's I mean, so genius about it. It's also interesting. I mean, to to their credit, I mean the equipment does serve kind of a purpose. Yeah, as you know, there's stuff that reduces magic damage, which is something I because going through RPGs at the time and mm-hmm. kind of what I'm used to is like, oh, you know, you're in a new area. There's new stuff to buy. It's automatically just better. But you know. Right. And in this game, it's like you kind of get some accessories, at different levels that do different things that might be useful later. Uh huh. Absolutely. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, there's but. lots of stuff that carries over, uh, like the ruby vest um, from uh, 65 million BC. Uh, there's items that like reduce fire damage, right? And yeah. you're not always going to want to wear that, but there's certain battles where it's like, oh, you know what? That guy's using fire, and he really killed me. Why don't I put on some some armor that's going to protect me from those attacks? And that makes the battle much easier. But you don't have yeah. to wear the ruby armor all the time. And it's not necessarily something you would want to do. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like that too. Where items like there were items I was using up until the end. Switching out, you know, 
occasionally because it's just a lot of the stuff stays useful forever. Yep. It's nice to have that like in your back pocket in the bench, in the bench you know, when you might need it. It's good to ha- not have items. There's none of these too good to be used items too, that, that I know of anyways. I tried to hold on to lapses as much as possible, but I, I usually, usually hold on to lapis gonna... and mega elixirs until the last battle. Yeah. Lapses. I, whenever I do use them, I, I'm usually in a situation where I'm just going to promptly die anyway. So right. <laughs> doesn't matter. I'll get him back when I die. And oh, for the uh, for the listeners, a lapis uh, heals 200 oh, yeah, yeah. HP for every character. So it's like a medium potion, but for everybody. Yeah, it's nice. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's the, it. Like I said, it has the same item fare as most games. But like instead, because most Final Fantasy games, it's like potion, high potion. And right. then and then whatever the other one is. And this one, it's potion. Mid potion, full potion. You know um, the drill, guys. And then there's ether for um, your magic. Which you can buy, which I think is awesome. Yeah, it's really nice. You can buy most things in the game. Uh, I think it's elixirs that um, are mostly found. Elixirs and mega elixirs, which are heal both. Just yeah, they they have their own naming system, but it's very uh, it's very easy to figure out. Like a revive is called a revive. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's not like, ooh, Phoenix Down, which has like a really cool name. But when I first played uh, Final Fantasy, I'm like, wow, what is Phoenix Down? No kidding. <laughs> Super m- confused. What does that F-E-N-I-X, mean? F-E-N-I-X, Down? Yeah. Is that I like a know. movie? Like I Black Hawk Down, Phoenix Down? Starring yeah. Robert Downey Jr.? <laughs> no, that's not right. I don't know who stars in that and movie. And now that I know what it is, it makes sense. And it takes no yeah. time. But I feel like Chrono Trigger, at least the translation, took pains to make it like easy to get you know yeah they it's, didn't waste time with the ui i noticed that like items yeah. UI, they're like all right you know you know this this is what they're gonna do come on guys yeah and then let's play the game let's get the game going yeah i Definitely. like it i like that approach mm-hmm. anyway speaking of which <laughs> let's get the game going let's get the game going everybody all right so um i'm gonna kind of start off here how i started up the game and kind of walk through every little not every little detail but kind of what i did and kind of what i noticed I will warn you, uh, kind of later on in the beginning parts of the game, I don't remember that clearly, so um, I have to back. I will. I will fill in the the blanks for you. Okay, so here we are. The journey begins. The first place you got to go to is the Millennial Fair. Of course, everyone knows it. It's a fair celebrating the new millennium. Duh. Anyways, the first pro- my first impressions kind of followed me. Haven't played Final Fantasy VI. Mm-hmm. I was still kind of stuck in that mindset that Chrono Trigger was very similar to its RPG predecessors. Right. However, I was at the point, uh, this was also at the point where that view would soon change. Because, like, mm-hmm. you know, you get in the Millennial Fair. And I, so getting in the Millennial Fair is kind of where I made the realization that the game was a, little, was a little smarter than it was actually alluding to. And I didn't really realize it until after I was playing through it again. But the staging area where the game first takes place is kind of a tutorial level, if you ever think about it. That's true. Kind of like, because like it and it teaches you in a way where you don't realize you're being taught, which is similar to Mega Man X, which uh-huh. we all know. It's really good intro level how it teaches you how to play the game. This yeah. kind of does it too, right? So Millennial Fair taught me several things. One of which is talking is important. So you go around and talk to people, and. Uh, and they tell you very important things and including I think talking is important which is like okay so now I know interacting with people is probably a good idea which is something you're going to need to do later on obviously so 
Right. And also interacting with things is important. So getting to do the mini games and and uh, drink drink contest, hitting that bell or whatever, and mm-hmm. things that you do impact people. It's just like which I'll get to in a minute. Because uh, there's certain things you could do in the Millennial Fair that will affect you later on, right? Yep. Which is a, something that will happen later on in the game. So things you do affect you yeah. later on. Your choices and matter. Also, yeah. And they also kind of give you a little fighting tutorial and where you could beat a, beat a, beat up a robot and get uh, 15 silver, silver, silver points. Yeah, man. His it's name's Gato. He has metal joints. Yep. Uh, beat him up and he'll give you 15 silver points. Well, I did not but, know uh, that about him. <laughs> yep. uh, not to mention, yeah, it, it like the million affairs mil- filled with a lot of uh, extras like the drink game and the, and the bell thing, which is interesting because when you're doing the drink game, you're like, oh, this is fun, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, you know, this was a fun little distraction, but you get to do another drinking game later. So I was like, oh, this is like, hey, you know. You're going to be drinking later this game. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> a lot of the mini games of the Millennial Fair you saw later in like different uses. I just thought that was yeah, you drink with uh, Ayla in, yeah. uh, in the... Um, I forget what the name of the place is, but... Yeah. yeah. In, in the Anyways, prehistoric I've, era. Yeah, 65 million BC, I think. Uh, at the tr- hunting grounds? No. Yeah. Just under well, that camp. Yeah, whatever. The, um, the whatever. The Ioka Village. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, anyways, after perusing all of the, uh, by the way, the race thing that you could do, you just like, there's three people, four people racing, which is, I think the primary way of getting silver points for me, it was, I, the guy never, really, I don't know. I don't know how I had you got so much silver points for then. Yeah. The, how is that your main way of getting silver points? If you keep so losing, <laughs> what I would do is I just wait for the race to be over and select the same guy until they win one. It wasn't very quick. Wow. Getting silver points. But you get 20 points apiece, so I'm just like, eh, all right. <laughs> you know, my my method is always, and it didn't used to be this way. When I first started, I, I didn't have a method. But every time I start now, I try to do everything in the Millennial Fair. Um, I try to stay away from doing anything that's going to affect me negatively later. Um, of course. And I will, I will fight Gato until I'm... Uh, just flush with silver points enough to do anything I want. So I'll just fight Gato again and again and again, go back home and heal with mom. And I'll just go and grind on Gato until I'm up like three or four levels. Hmm. Then I'll take my silver points. I'll use just enough to, to go to Norstein Beckler's lab and get all the treasures from that. Mm-hmm. Um, win each of the games. Uh, and I'll usually save beforehand. So I don't spend any silver points. That I don't have to. And then I'll take the rest of my silver points and exchange them for money and buy a load sword uh, from Melchior at his booth so that I Mm. have uh, so that I have the best sword possible early on. (laughs) See, I I didn't spend that much time in the Millennial Fair. I was just like in and out. I always spend a ton of time there. But again, there's just so much to do when you come back to it. So I'm like, I'm just going to front load all this and have a lot of fun with it now. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I even fought uh, Gato. Yeah, man, it's fifteen silver points, and you're guaranteed to get it. Yeah, I don't know. I, for some reason, I was just like <laughs> zooming through it. I did zoom through the first part a little bit because I played it before. Right. So I was like, I just want to get to the place where it's new stuff. But anyway, right. Well, so, I've beaten I've beaten uh, this game like ten times, so I, yeah. I I have my like I have my flow down. Uh, but it's different for you, you know, because you're it's your yeah kind of your first time. 
Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. Also, uh, so there are several things you can interact there. Like, so mm-hmm. when I mentioned earlier about there's things that can, you could do that will impact other people. So uh-huh. you might, uh, talking to people, there's like a girl that loses a cat and there's a guy who you have the choice of eating his lunch or whatnot. And I made sure to not do any of the bad things that would end in bad repercussions. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't, I don't, do you usually do everything like, like do all the right things or do you like, do you eat the guy's lunch or, uh, when I first started playing the game, I did all the bad stuff because I was like, I just want to interact with everything. I'm going to eat this lunch. And it's also an easy way to heal yourself after fighting Gato. Like if you want to, if you want to, um, like power level at the very beginning of the game, you fight Gato, go heal by eating the old man's lunch and just do that over and over again in a loop. Yeah. And I just, I just, I just do it until I'm one shot in Gato. That's my, that's my method. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I have a tiger. It it takes hours. Like it takes hours to do. It's, it is not for everybody. It's, uh, (laughs) it's just my way of doing it. Cause it's like, I'm here for the story. I don't want to breeze through this. So, I'm just going to yeah. go ahead and get as many silver points as I can. Um, but I'm playing Flush New Game Plus silver. in this playthrough. Uh, so one shot in Gato isn't even an issue. Yeah, he's probably not. Super easy. Yeah. So I didn't spend as much time this time, but that is. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I try yeah, to avoid for, doing anything, anything negative. So, yeah, for the listeners, if you're playing through this game, you'll notice that when you go through the Millennial Fair, there's certain choices you can make that may or may not impact in your future, which shall be spoiled soon. So, yeah, well, we'll get to that. So, anyways, after we get done with everything in the Millennial Fair, the game picks up. The game finally starts off where you run into Marl. She drops an amulet. I When I originally met Marl, I was like, oh, okay, or Marley or whatever. I yeah. assumed that she was a damsel of the damsel of distress in the game. But yeah. apparently I was wrong. I, later I would kind of be wrong. Right. Uh, but um, she drops an annulet and then I returned and I returned it to her, which I guess you have the option not to. I think you can say no, but. Uh, Is it a she, but she, thou must situation? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. Okay. I, I never, I never thought about doing that, but. It was yeah. after we give it back to her, uh, Marley and and, uh, and Chrono head off to the uh, short range teleportation demonstration that Luca was doing, mm-hmm. and then upon arriving, Marley and herself as uh, she volunteers herself as a guinea pig, right, and it goes into contraption. She uh, amulet makes her teleport into gosh knows where, and then Chrono and uh, Luca soon follow. Or does Luca go with him the first time, or is it just Chrono? Uh, it's just Chrono. So Chrono okay, yeah. uh, jumps into the, um, the, the Marl's amulet stays on the platform. So right. you you pick it up. Chrono goes back in time, and Luca later on finds a way to come back with you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. See, I there's like certain things I just can't remember for some reason. Yeah, it's been a while. That's well, okay. We don't we don't yeah. have to hit we don't have to hit every story point. You know, it's it's all good. Yeah, it's true. But anyways, so this was kind of at the beginning point. This is where the game uh, to me I thought was the end of its intro. Mm-hmm. This was so at, at that time, my initial impressions were starting to fade because you know I was starting to see the the genius of the Millennial Fair and kind of what it serves to do, uh, as well as you know, kind of the uniqueness of the plot. Cause obviously like time travel is not something that's slightly very typical. So right. <laughs> of, of games, at least back then. Yeah. 
But that being said, I was still not that engrossed with the plot. I thought it was interesting, but I wasn't into the, to the gross the plot or the characters or anything like that yet. But I'm sure that will soon change or would soon change. So after that, I I get kind of fuzzy. Uh-huh. But uh, after well, I can I can give a little overview of what happens. What 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 part yeah. do you remember happening next? So uh, the last thing I remember, because uh-huh. you, you teleport back to 600 AD, right? Right. You yep. don't find out till later, but somehow you run into Marley's, who's also gets you get mis- you mistake for a queen. But that's yeah. not there. So Marl is the uh, you find out that Marl is the uh, descendant of Queen Lean. Um, okay, who is the namesake of Lean's Bell, which is in the uh, the town square where the Millennial Fair is being held. Um, yeah, so. You go to the you go to the castle. You can obviously like check out some other stuff. There's like a cathedral and stuff. But when you go into the castle, they're like, "Who are you?" And and Marl comes up as Queen Lean, and it's like, "You should let him in. This is my friend. He saved me." Um, and they all think you're a weird, spiky-haired freak. She brings right. you upstairs, and it's like, uh, "It's actually me. Sorry, I lied to you. I'm actually the Princess Nadia, um, and I look just like Queen Lean, and they think it's me." And then she disappears from existence. Uh, she like yeah. she starts freaking out. Um, you try to save her, but she disappears. And they do this great thing with the music, uh, where like this music is playing that's really creepy, and then it cuts out, and uh, she like you know disappears in this bright flash. And there's this like shing 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 noise, oh, yeah. and then and then complete silence, and it is perfect. Um, so after that scene, Luca comes in and explains to you, it's a, uh, back to the future situation. She caused it. So, you know, the queen lean was kidnapped. Um, she came back and they thought it was her. And so nobody goes to save queen lean and also queen, queen lean dies and Nadia's yeah, and Nadia's never born. And your mom has the hots for me. This is heavy. <laughs> um, yeah. So you, you, and then you save, uh, you find out you know, Frog comes in. Frog is uh, this um, like knight character who is a frog man who was supposed to protect Queen Lean. And you go into the cathedral, find out it's actually run by Magus's minions because there's this big war going on between uh, mystics, which are the monster characters and humans. And you go into the cathedral and save Queen Lean from Yakra. Oh, yeah. And then the Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember. Yeah. Now. And the chancellor yeah, is yeah. bound up in a little in a little chest and stuff. And he's like, "We need criminal justice reform." And well, <laughs> things happen. Yeah. But yeah. The, okay. So yeah, yeah. All that will happen. I will mention this though. Like I remember when I started, when I went through the sequences when you first get introduced into like the the battle system as a whole. Right. And there's a couple of things that I really liked. Uh about this uh, i really got into the battle system almost immediately upon playing it but Mm -hmm. uh they appealed they appeared simple on the surface but um i thought it was very interesting about how the it it points out at a very early stage that enemies interact with each other yeah which is something i never really seen before in terms they have their own they have their own dual text as well yeah yeah i just thought it was super cool like there wasn't just like your typical take turns hitting each other like they could do some pretty crazy stuff they don't just have music they don't just have magic that each of them use 
Like they could, they use each other as weapons. Heck, that yeah. Happens. Some enemies will throw themselves at each other. Some enemies will notify other enemies that you're there. Uh, some enemies will eat other enemies for health. It's it's wild. Yeah, I just thought it was super cool. You also, never know what's going to happen. It's really good. Yeah. Also, you, you don't know what some of the enemies are camouflaged, so you can bump into a bush and be like, oh, that's a that's a bad guy. Yeah. So I just thought it was interesting. Also, uh. No random battles, which I think is a bonus. So you can see all the enemies that are on screen, usually unless they're hidden. You run mm-hmm. into them and starts the battle. And there's no battle cutaways. You just assume position and you fight. That was actually one thing I didn't realize that I was really thankful to not have. Because playing through Final Fantasy, you'd be walking around and then right. random battle. And then you have to watch the, the, the transition, the battle transition. And yeah. then it'd be the fight. And in this game, it's just boom, boom, you're fighting. Right. Everybody gets everybody gets into touch. position, assumes the assumes the position, and begins fighting. It's absolutely yeah. You're right. It's so good. Yeah, it, they did. They could again. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Secret of Mana because you could see the enemies in Secret of Mana, mm-hmm. and it's the the battle. This battle system, despite being active turn based, is still it doesn't feel active turn based a lot of the times. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's just enough balance between the strategy and the seeing your enemy beforehand that I think I love so much. Um, and I wish more. I wish more games would do that. I wish more JRPGs would would take notes from that. I uh, I think they did it in a Dragon Quest remake on DS, yeah. uh, where they had where they added that. And um, but like Final Fantasy VII and up, like they still have the random encounters and the weird transitions and. You know, it's like, what? Why didn't you just stick with what you had? You had something so good. It was so perfect. Yeah, There's no reason to have random encounters. Yeah, I I think hopefully one day they'll wake up and realize that, you know, maybe turn based and acting in random encounters isn't the best. But I don't yeah. know. I don't mind turn-based battle. Them, it's just the random encounters that I, I can't get down with. Yeah, like the invisible random encounters. Yeah. yeah. I, I th- does Dragon Quest fix that? I think they do in Dragon Quest Eleven, don't they? Do they get rid of random encounters? You know, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. Nino Kuni got rid of them, which was kind of nice. Yeah. But they still have yeah. those arenas, which makes sense because the overworld is pretty, uh, pretty big. Yeah. So good, though. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I liked anyway. in Chrono Trigger that the overworld felt safe. Yeah. That was, you don't have to worry about, oh, you know, I'm low on health. I got to get back to town or whatever. I'm going to go sleep yeah. at an inn. If you get out of an area. Oh, wait, if, I don't have to. Yeah. Yeah, I never used the inns, Chrono Trigger. Oh, I did all the time. I almost never did. I almost, I was like, always like, eh, just have Marl heal, heal me. I always feel like it sounds stupid, but I'm like, you know, these guys have been out for a while. They need a rest. They're taken to an actual bed. Oh, yeah, you know, I, I probably did that on some of my earlier playthroughs. I just don't do it anymore because it's not efficient, but it's, um, yeah. but it's definitely streamlined. if you're role playing a little noob. bit, you know, no, yeah. I mean, like you're role playing and that's fun. It's fun to think like, oh, they're all tired, you know, you gotta, you gotta get yeah. some sleep. Okay. So another part, a, a sort of a thing I don't really remember quite well uh-huh. in the game is uh, the trial. Now, does that happen after you teleport and he gets into the trial? So or is that you- when you come back? You defeat Yakra, you come back to the Millennial Fair, and you can do some stuff. Um, and then you have to go back and meet Marl at the castle. She's like, no, meet me there. So you do, okay. and you get arrested. Right, and, for and, kidnapping? Yes, because they think you, you okay. kidnap Marl. Right, so I remember that. Yeah. 
Or maybe no, you don't is... meet her there. She comes with you. But you're like, she's yeah. like, come meet my family. It'll be great. And then they they're going to arrest you. Arrest you. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So it's, it's just where it gets interesting. Uh, so you get arrested and you're like, oh, no, you know what I would assume as soon as I get arrested is like, oh, it's going to I'm going to put in jail and wait for like some cutscene to happen or whatever. No, you go to an actual trial, which I thought was interesting. Uh-huh. And it's like I like the whole layout of it. The whole the whole scene is just really interesting. It's really uh, gorgeously the, the come created in. too. Yeah, I thought it was it was very it was like a it almost looked like a tapestry. Yeah, there's tapestry. a can I say uh, this, tapestry? Yeah, there's this <laughs> there's this beautiful Fancy. like um you're right. It looks like the whole thing looks like this really gorgeous tapestry and there's this there's this beautiful um stained glass window in the background and it gives this sense of 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 uh size, you know, to the room. Yeah. It did. Really it makes cool. it feel like all, kind of like ominous a little bit too, like, uh-huh. like serious business. Yeah. Uh, but but it's also where the where I mentioned earlier. You remember those things that you could do that can uh, maybe affect your outcome? Well, it comes into play here. So there are certain actions you could do at the fair that will affect people's opinions of you, and those opinions are going to come into effect at the trial. Yep. So if you did but right by everything, everyone would come in and be like, you know what? No, he's a solid guy. You know, he did this for me. And, or if yeah. you didn't, he'd be like, oh, you know, he did. He's, he's, he ate my lunch. That's a bad kind of dude. a douchebag. Kind of a douchebag, you know. <laughs> well, I put him <laughs> in jail. That was a special ham sandwich, you know what I'm saying? I was my last bit of Miracle Whip, and he ate it, you know. He'd throw him <laughs> in jail. Anyways, which I thought was really cool. I didn't see that coming at all. Uh, right. But what the ultimate uh, thing I noticed was kind of crappy, though, is so the counts, the chancellor – Right, Chan- chancellor. Chan- chancellor, yeah, yeah. He's the big doo doo head. I think that's mm-hmm. what I called him in my notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do; you're still gonna get thrown in jail. Like everyone will be like, "He's an awesome dude." And we're like, well, he sucks. Throw him in jail anyway. <laughs> yeah, It'd I have like, no penis. He still broke the law, so I think the king yeah. ends up. If you do the, all the right stuff, the king ends up still wanting to throw you in jail. Yeah, they just want to throw somebody in jail. Yeah. Somebody needs to answer for the for the princess being gone for like a day. Yeah, but the, it, the millennial fair is still happening, so it hasn't been that long. Which is deceptive, because like you know, because the game try to teach is at this point, I guess, driving home the fact that what you can do, you could do things that alter the way people react to you or alter the future. Uh-huh. So I guess this is like your your bullet point. Like this is where you know things you do will affect you later on. Right. So I think it was an interesting touch. This was also the point of the game. At this point of the game, my eyebrow was, was cocked, you know, I was not I'm like, yeah, okay, this game's different. My right. previous first impression, my previous first impressions were uh, starting to fade and I was starting to see how, how much of a gym the game was. Mm-hmm. I also really, really started digging the battle mechanics, especially with the text. Holy crap. Right. I, I I got so into the text because they just <laughs> were just so fluid and they were just well put together. However, I hadn't at this point in the game, I hadn't really warmed up to the characters yet or the plot yet. Right. But uh, uh, I, this would soon change, I'm sure. It actually took me a while to warm up to the plot. But huh. uh, that's surprising to me. I don't know why. It's just because I'm I'm I want to get attached to the characters and I wasn't feeling attached to the characters yet. Right. 
because Chrono didn't really feel like he didn't feel like anybody yet. But I was starting to, I warmed up to the other characters first before I warmed up to Chrono, I guess. Right. But, um, like I said earlier, say I already went out like the battle mechanics were really well executed. You have an option between turn-based or active turn-based, don't you? Uh-huh. You can you can just make it weight mode or active mode. Okay, I've never used the weight mode. I always use active mode. I use weight mode when I'm fighting uh, Lavos by myself. Gotcha. That probably makes sense. Yeah. But uh, he, he 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 regenerates too fast and it's hard to uh, it's hard to make decisions as fast as he is. <laughs> yeah. I ran into that issue later in the game, that's for sure. So yeah. this is what I so now that we have gotten to the trials, kinda of what I learned so far. Which interesting stuff that I'm sure everyone should know. Every character has MP, which, which uh, at first uh, for reasons I'll go on shortly why like why they have MP. It's used for text or abilities. Characters both individual and dual text, also later triple text. Enemy positions are also important because there are uh, – this is something that took me a little while to learn. So, oh, I mean, not really that long because you have a cyclone attack. You get right off with Chrono, and you'll notice that you can actually – it has like an area of effect that you can uh-huh. use more efficiently if enemies are close together. This was something that I learned almost immediately as well. Um that is very valuable to learn because you'll have other AOE attacks that you'll have to kind of work your positions because the enemies will wander occasionally. Right. So you can get them grouped up if you're lucky enough and you can you can take them all at once. Uh, this is something I didn't actually know for a long time. Uh-huh. If you hold the L and R triggers, you can run. Oh, right? I it took me forever to figure that, that out. Yeah, you can run from battle. I never from, run from a fight. <laughs> I never did either, but like I read it in a some guy told me or I read it somewhere. I don't remember. Oh, wow. Because I and I and I used it only when I was backtracking somewhere, and I just ran into some random group I could have one shot and didn't want to waste my time. Right. <laughs> so, uh, another notable, a couple, couple other notable lessons was that you could save uh, on the world map anywhere, which mm-hmm. took me a while to figure out. And also, as well, you could also use uh, shelters on the world map. Yeah, boy. Which would heal your. It took me forever to figure that out. Yeah, I love I love the stuff you can do on, on the world map in Chrono Trigger. It's um it's definitely much better than than other RPGs where it's just like the world map is a safe place. You yeah. can save anywhere and it makes it much easier to stop playing if you need to as well. Yeah, it that there's some it's really nice to have that like sense of security. Yeah. And you could do any you could just you could just get back right back on your feet and not have to worry about dying on the way to a save point. Right. Which I think is pretty cool. All right, so after that, obviously you get put into prison, which I took me a while to navigate. Uh, right. You know, eventually I found a wall, and you can explore the other cells and stuff like that. I, I thought it was it was prisony. You were in a tower. <laughs> it's prison. Which I, I thought was interesting because you had to climb on the outside of the tower. I didn't expect that. You had to flip uh, on the outside. Uh huh. Eventually. I remember at some point you run into a guard and he fights you and he's like, oh, no, you suck. Uh, I can't take you on. And then uh, later on, you get into a fight with a dragon tank on uh-huh. a bridge. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty cool. And the, uh, the dragon tank was one of my one of my favorite uh, bosses in the game. It also again, introduces you to the idea that um, enemies will have weak spots yeah, uh, enemies, parts. yeah, multiple parts that are affected differently by your attack. So if you're going to use an AOE attack, 
that's all magic, you might want to check to see if one of the enemies is healed by magic. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely uh, definitely introduces you to a lot of cool concepts for bosses. And and it does um, it does a uh, oh what was I gonna say? It does it has that aesthetic that you mentioned. Like it wasn't scary looking, but it right. had its own unique kind of awesomeness to it. Yeah, for sure. It kept that lightheartedness in its design, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, at this point in the game, also, I, I, let's see. I, I was really getting into the dual text because obviously we play the game long enough. You start getting dual text uh-huh. and all that other stuff. Because I think you run into. Do you do you run into Luca in the prison? Am I remembering any correctly? Um, it depends. So if you wait around long enough, Luca will come. Uh, I remember her being there. She'll spring you out of the prison if you wait around. Uh, there's oh. basically two ways you can go about it. You can you can irritate the guard into opening up and hurting you, so you can fight him. Um, or you can. Uh, you can wait the three days it takes for them to execute you. And Luca will spring you from the trap. Yeah. Which it's, it's nice okay. to have her around uh, as like a second set of hands, but I usually spring myself out just cause it's fun. Yeah. I think I, I can't remember. It's been a while. Maybe, maybe she did spring me out. Cause I, maybe, I, I, I maybe. May, may or may not got stuck down there, but right after that, we get out of prison and mm-hmm. then, then my mind goes blank, and somehow we end up in the dystopian future. Yes, dystopian. Yeah. Whisked to a dystopian future, distant future. And once you discover uh, the, the inhabitants there are sad and decrepit and are uh-huh. quickly in need of a food source. Uh, at this point, also, you just, you, we discover a, um, I don't remember what it's called, an innertron. Yeah, you you're still hungry. Rest up, and but but you're still hungry. Yeah, which is a problem <laughs> in in this stage. It's twenty three eight, twenty three three hundred eighty. Twenty yeah, twenty three hundred eighty. Not that far off, was, guys. Lavos yeah, is coming for us. Off. Lavos is going to kill us all. Uh, but I'll be dead, so I don't care. I hope yeah. before I pay off my student loans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably be that though. <laughs> That's uh, kind of a joke, but. Kind of Kinda serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I remember, I vaguely remember it a little bit. Because you go through uh-huh. a dome and you eventually fight a uh, security system. Right. Which I had a lot of trouble with. Um, yeah, he's an interesting also, one. He's, he's one of those three-part bosses where you have to sort of learn what works. It's good. Yeah. And also, this is also the area when I ran into those stupid ro- those stupid mice that steal your potions. Uh-huh. Stupid Super rodents, and you get to meet Johnny and get to do the Robo Cycles mini mini quest. Super fun. I suck at it so bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't you, know why. You just gotta wait till the end and then boost the hell out of it. Like yeah, the I know. Very very end. I did, and like every time I did it, I ran into the back of him. Right. I never failed. I don't know why. I was really sucky. It's a fun part of the game though, and I thought it was an interesting change. Uh huh. Something I didn't expect. I was like, oh okay, this is interesting. But uh, well, after finding the food source and going across the lane, race the robot guy, I could go to another dome. Yep. I think it was Bangor Dome. Is that right? Yeah, although they call it, um, I forget, Bangor Dome in the uh, Nintendo Power Guide. Gotcha. But yeah, it's, it's Bangor. It's Bangor Dome. And I think at this point, is uh, uh, I was in there with, I think at the time in the game, I was with Luca and 
Marley. Right. And we discovered a robot being picked on by other robots, which is kind of what I would expect in that time period. Yeah. Just robots picking on each other. And that's where we find Robo, probably one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Probably Robo. Definitely Robo. Robo's great. But this was in after seeing the scene and kind of how it develops, I was like, okay, now I'm starting to feel a little bit for the plot. And now uh-huh. I'm starting to feel a little bit for the characters. And um, yeah. Well, it gets much more, uh, it gets much more um, detailed and interesting as it goes on. And I don't want to ruin it for you because you haven't beaten the game. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Also in sometime at this point, you get to see the world end, which mm-hmm. I thought was really cool. Like yeah, you get to it, watch playback a video of the it's world terrifying. ending, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I know, it gave me goosebumps. Yeah, definitely. And the way people they react this, to it is really good. It's it's great. This 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 some this just the sound that Lavos makes is really creepy. Yeah, definitely. It it's as iconic as like Kafka's laugh. Oh yeah, no d- definitely. It gives you the and same kind that, of feeling. Yeah, it's it's yeah. And it, and you may, and it's really interesting well, I'll get to that later. But anyways, so after that, somehow I can't remember blank space. And then we end up in the end of time. Right. Is that kind of what happens after you watch the thing? Like, oh, yeah. Cool. And you go to the end of time. Yeah, you go okay, to the, you, tr- you try to travel through time. You go to the end of time and that gives you access to many other different time yeah, periods, including, yeah. including your, uh, your 65 million BC where you can go fight dinosaur men with cave people. Um, and you've got your, your dang, uh, future past where like, there's this really advanced civilization in the sky and the land of dreams. And there's these interesting earthbound people on the, on the, you know, planet below, Uh, but this is extremely advanced civilization. It's like that idea of the, the proto civilization that's lost to time that we no longer know about that. It's sort of like an Atlantis, you know? It's more advanced than we are, but it's it's in far in the past. It's a, it's a really cool concept. Yeah, it, it also goes with an interesting kind of motif that each of the levels, each of the zones go with. So, like, in every zone, there's a conflict. So right. Like there's a conflict between two sources, like Earthbound versus the Magic Peoples in mm-hmm. 12,000 BC. And it's, like, monsters versus humans in 600 AD. Right. And then people versus not having food in <laughs> 2300. And then there's... <laughs> 65 million, I think it's like humans versus eight men versus dinosaurs. Yeah. So like, it's interesting how they do that. So like end of time has an old man in Specchio. Yeah. Specchio serves as kind of like a strength test and teaches you magic and stuff like that later on in the game. And the old man I found to be ultimately useless. He's supposed to, I think kind of hint you hint to which direction you should go. Yeah. But eh, he never really helped me with that. He's like, Oh, I see you have a new friend there. He's from this time. Thanks. I, I had a tendency of getting lost from time to time, I noticed. But right. eventually I figured out I had to go um, uh, take some food to a guy on a bridge. Yeah. And then I got to go through the bridge. I liked the bridge scene. The bridge scene was fun. I liked fighting through the bridge and getting to fight the giant skeleton. Yeah, the giant skeleton thing. was one of my favorite bosses, too. It's one of those games yeah. that takes you through an, uh, you know, an area. And once you're done with that area... Once a little time passes and you do something else, if you go back, things will have changed. Yeah. Time time is continuing to pass, and you just have to keep checking back to see what's different. Um, which I know everything is different now, so it's a little easier for me to uh, to get through. So, like I said, yeah. I have I have sort of a, a standard path that I follow when I play the game. 
But yeah, so I, I, like I said, I, I didn't really figure that out. Eventually, I figured out I had to be in 600 AD. Yeah, I learned about uh, the monster village and stuff like that. Or like, you know, they're talking to me like, you know, they didn't really like you. So <laughs> I try to keep a low profile. I ended up fighting the mm-hmm. bartender or, or like with a shop owner. I didn't know yeah. you even do that. Yeah, that was, fun. <laughs> that was interesting. So I guess we are running a little short in time. So the long of the short of it is, uh, I we went through all these different areas and did all the things, and yeah. uh, it's the best. I, I don't want to spoil too much for every for everybody's listening because I'm sure there's some people who haven't played it. Yeah, it's definitely something you wanna you want to go through yourself for sure. Yeah, but in the end, uh, ultimately, uh, I think I got to. I don't. I don't know why. Because you fight the. You run into Dalton the first time you run into the. Uh, mm-hmm. To the Ocean Palace, or not the, the throne room, right? Dalton right. throws some balls at you, and you get captured. Right. No, he throws out the golem, and he and he and she, he just like kills you, and then you get captured, and then she releases you, and. Uh, I see. You end yep. up going back, and then you fight Dalton again, and I defeated him in his iron balls of steel. Easy. Went to the Ocean Palace, defeated the guy. It, this was, Ocean Palace was interesting because they had enemies that were immune to certain magics or vulnerable to certain magics, I should say. But right. I got to the twin golems. Like He's like, all right, well, here's two of them now that kill you automatically. And I just kept dying over and over again. And that's kind of where I hit the wall. Right. Well, it happens. When you come over next week, I will help you through some of it. Because I can't remember how, the go- how to fight the golems, uh, the golem twins, but... Um, I'm pretty sure there's just some trick to it, uh, and I'll probably remember it when I see what they look like. like. I don't have any time to react to them. That's just the, that's the crazy part. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. Like I said, I'm sure it's some trick you're missing. Yeah, I hope so. I don't remember I having trouble with it. Back, if I find out I have to go back in time and like grind a bunch and do this extra thing, I won't be happy camper. I don't think you do. If you're fighting all of the uh, encounters that you come across. Uh, generally speaking, you don't need to grind in this game. There, If you fight every enemy that you run into, there's no extra grinding needed. Yeah. like It's, it's also... Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, I th- I don't th- think I, I ever... I I'm just... I'm doing something wrong. That's probably it. Yeah. Well, like I said, but... bring your DS, and I will help you. Okay. It'll be so, fun. I know we're running a little short on times, but I will mention a couple things that stuck out to me. Okay. Uh, interesting. Interesting how Lavos kind of appears in every timeline in, in a different way. Uh-huh. That was interesting. They like, plays a different part in every timeline. Right. And then I also liked the black Tyrano fight. I thought that was really cool. Him as an enemy. Yeah, that was one of my favorite battles too. I think the black Tyrano so like, is my favorite. Just a couple key. Yeah. That's just, just some things that stuck out. That was interesting. And I only had a couple qualms. One of them was, uh, the time it took to go through a battle, like when you run into a pack of four people that each had to cast their own spell, it can be a little taxing sometimes. Right. Um, other than that, I don't think I had that many qualms with the game itself. Uh-huh. It's just mostly the, the t- so like you run into a pack of four monks and you hit one with one, you have to watch each of them use the counter attack before you can attack again. And it can take a long time. So being right. Yeah, the counter abilities and groups were the only thing I think that really bothered me. Other than that, 10 out of 10. I enjoyed it. I enjoy everyone else to enjoy it. There is a total of 13. 13? 
innings? 13 innings. innings. I think 14 if you have the DS version. DS version? Yeah. It might be it so, might be 12 endings and then 13 if you have the DS version. I won't spoil anything for you, but you get a, I'll give you a hint. You got a spaceship, right? You got a time travel ship. You might want to just play around with a little time dial, see what happens. <laughs> that's that's I'm just saying, that could end up weird. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, there's there's uh, some really good ones. I, I got two of the endings um, in my playthrough. Right, like I said, I was playing New Game Plus on Super Nintendo. Um, and I ended up getting like the super fast ending. So if you beat Lavos like really, really early, like first thing, um, you get a special ending that uh, is one of my favorite things. Uh, I posted about it on Instagram. Uh, if you don't want to get spoiled, just skip this part. But it, you get to see all the developers in the game in different oh, yeah. rooms and talk to them and see what they liked about the game. It's really neat. Yeah. It's like a, a mother three ending where you can like walk around in the credits and talk to the developers. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's interesting. Yeah. It's really cool. It, that's really cool. But um, so yeah, uh, thanks. I know this was a bit of an interesting format. Uh, this is the first episode that we've done a two parter on. Yeah. So if it's a little rough, I think I got a little overboard with the notes and wanted to go into too much detail. <laughs> we got a little carried away. So I think you did a great thanks job. Thanks to everybody. Man. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks everyone for being patient as well and, uh, and, and putting up with it. We'll hopefully have things a little bit more streamlined next game. We're going to play, which we will mention on a very specific date. Are we already, didn't we already announce it at the beginning of this episode? No, we announced the game we're going to play next. I'm talking about the next long game we're going to do. Oh yeah. We'll announce it on the stream. Yeah. Nudge, nudge. We're doing a stream, guys. Yeah, yeah, so we'll be doing a stream on... If you're listening to this now, I guess it isn't out yet, but um, uh, we're going to be doing a stream today. The, the episode's coming out Tuesday. We're doing Should a stream this, this weekend uh, for you yeah. guys on Saturday the 27th. <laughs> yep. So yep. be there or be square. I don't know exactly what time we're going to start yet. We'll Maybe I'll edit it in and post or we'll, uh, we'll, we'll tweet about it uh, whenever we start. Uh, and be sure to join our Discord to get updates on everything we're oh, doing. Yeah. Do that. I just joined. Uh, it's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, boy. It's a great Discord. I figured I'm in the podcast. I should probably go in the Discord. Yeah, you should, you should probably about. be there. You should probably be there. Yeah, maybe. Um, so how about we get into some fan submissions? We're going to the playground. What do you think? All right. Hey, oh, they throw me the ball, Jimmy. <laughs> Uh, oh, I hit you in the head. Sorry, Jimmy, I was trying to make a playground. Jimmy, yeah. how do you play Chrono Trigger? Um, so we have one voicemail. Let me play it. Um, we only I'm have sorry, one Jimmy. voicemail, so you guys need to get into. You guys need to call this number more. I'm, I'm, I'm done telling yeah. you. Here's a hint for the classic game Chrono Trigger on the Nintendo Dual Screen System. If your L and R buttons do not function, do not play this game, unless you wish to see someone's mother die. She doesn't die. She just gets crippled. It's fine. She's, she gets maimed. She's, she's okay. Permanent, she's permanently disabled and disfigured for the rest of her life and sad. <laughs> Although in the DS version, what? they make her seem happier, but she's like really, really sad in the in this SNES version. Oh, yeah, probably. She's like super unhappy with her life and she's like mad at Taban for like leaving her in the house at all times and not taking her places it's it's a really sad life yeah yeah um it's not well, thank not, you fedco not so fun. yeah thanks fedco 
Um, we also have one from Super Sensei 0077 on Twitter. Uh, he says, Hey guys, that uh, I saw that. Um, blah, 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 blah. Hey guys, I just saw that you were going to review Chrono Trigger. It's my favorite game of all time. Me too. Uh, as for tips, uh, here's a couple different things. Each character has tech attacks that can be combined with other characters. Try different team combinations for new attacks. That is a good tip for newcomers. Um, another big tip. Uh, is try not to take all the treasure chests in Guardia Castle 600 AD the first time you're there. And this applies to many other places in the game, by the way. Um, the main reason being, if you don't take them, you'll have better items in 1000 AD. The same goes for locked chests. Um, so those uh, mysterious chests where it plays a little piano music every time you try to open them, yeah. it's like locked by a mysterious power. Yeah. Um, many of them will open up um, when you get the ability. Uh, but they'll power up if you wait till uh, a future time I to open up. Wondered about that. Yeah. I I wondered about that. I left some of them closed just in case. But that's I yeah. You, about that. Yeah. That's so a Final Fantasy six thing. Now, if you open yeah. them up in the future and go back to the past, then you can get both items and sell the oh. less powerful ones. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, there's also multiple endings, uh, he says, which is true. Uh, once you beat the game first, there's New Game Plus, where you can start over from the beginning with your previous file stats and most of your items. Again, very true. Uh, and from here, you beat the game at certain points of the story, you'll get a new ending. A um, lot more. I don't want to give away the ending. Have fun, and I look forward to the episode. And thank you, Super Sensei, uh, for the sweet, yep. hot gaming tips, brah. Thanks, man. That's a little too hot for gaming tips. I'm going to need you to cool those off first. <laughs> Just take that out of the microwave, let it sit for like two minutes. Yeah, let that hot pockets, the hot pocket cheese congeal a little. Yeah. Uh, we also yeah. have a uh, submission from Travis Morphy. Uh, he says, "How's it hanging, fellas? Travis here. Here, y'all were uh, playing Big CT. Uh, by the way, his title of his email is Big Connecticut because Colonel Trigger awesome has the same <laughs> letters as Connecticut." All right. Uh, you know your boy T-Rev had to get in on the hype so excuse me while I gush about this game for an email Chrono Trigger is definitely the first RPG I played and is still a contender for my favorite you want another secret recipe for a masterpiece Masterpiece. One Cup the best video game OST of all time Frog's theme is the most whistleable tune on all of space time the track when you fight Magus with the cackle in the background literally any track that plays on the overworld 10 out of 10 one pinch Toriyama's character design, which wildly confused me as a kid because I couldn't figure out why everything reminded me of Dragon Ball, which combines with all these super <laughs> interesting companions. And don't get me started on the tech system that made all these dope special moves unique to party combinations. One tablespoon sweet pixel graphics that still hold up. Eight ounces dope nasty story that literally transcends time as you visit the same world across eras, reaching from medieval to post-apocalyptic future. Sign me up. Also, Luminaire. Lunaire. Whatever. The spell that Chrono gets is fucking sweet. Although, I'm going to have to beep that out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with the light show uh, and the blank. He stops there. <laughs> Cook in, in SNES or until DS port. Ba-boom. What else could you ask for? So I could rant about everything I love on this game forever, but I'll send off by saying Chrono dying when I was a kid messed me up. Thanks for reading. I love this game. Peace. Wow. That, I mean... What are we around here for? Is just read the guy's email and then close it up, man. Yeah, man. Pretty much He's, summed it up. I basically did the perfect review. Yeah. Um, you could just like take his, 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 his email, have him like voice it and just put it over commercial. There you go. Probably resell the game. Yeah. It works for me. Let's, uh, yeah. yeah, let's, let's, let's start put buying up CDs. We could do that. I guess if we, uh, we'll put them on, we'll put them on some, uh, 
uh, floppy disk like I did when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, with Shadow Magic. Put it on a floppy disk. I like it. Okay, so we have one more from Arcade Adriano, and he is a co-host of Arcade Attack Podcast, uh, which I think is in the top 100 retro gaming podcasts or top 100 gaming podcasts in the UK. Uh, so congrats to you guys, by the way. Uh, and he's part of our Discord, uh, which is super cool. So uh, we got this comment from this from this dude who's like a veteran of the retro gaming scene, uh, mm. podcasting-wise. Um, here's my take on it. I'm not a typical RPG, RPG fan, uh, to be honest. Much more of an adventure fan and adore the Zelda games, which does have some RPG elements. Anyhow, Chrono Trigger is a game I always like to look of, and I finally saw a copy a few years back on DS for a fair price. Boy, was I glad I took the plunge. The game is uh, the only game in this, uh, the genre before this that grabbed me was Golden Sun, but Chrono is just amazing. The art is perfect. The story, amazing. Hey, I love time travel stories. I'm looking at you, Doc and Marty. And the characters are memorable and likable. I need to complete this game as truthfully as I, uh, I did stop kind of halfway through. Shame on me. It simply oozes class. And that's it from Adriana. Yeah, same boat. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, Adriana. Like I said, I, I, I hit a wall, though. So I'm Yeah. Exception. Like I said, I'm going to help you, buddy. I'll get you through it. Okay. Uh, so I that's it that. for fan submissions for this week. Thank you guys for sending yes, that much stuff in. We always enjoy uh, all of your feedback, all of your comments, all of mm-hmm. your memories. Absolutely. We can mix together with ours and make delicious memory soup. Just One remember, if you have any more, soup. make sure... If you're a big fan of the Zelda NES game, make sure to leave your tips, hints, and memories at 747-21-RESET. That's 747-217-3738. Uh, oh, or job. email us. And I'm smoothing it up. RetroResetPod at gmail.com. RetroResetPod at gmail.com. Or on Twitter, Facebook. Or join our Discord. Duh. Instagram. Yeah. Instagram and, and Snapchat and Grindr and what? Christian Mingle. <laughs> and far- and farmersonly.com farmersonly.com uh so you don't have to be lonely uh we've got one more thing going here and i don't know if i announced this in the beginning but i'll i'll probably put like something in post oh, yeah we have we a contest to announce brah yes all right guys i i did the randomization oh, already i'm excited we have two winners we have a first place winner and a second place winner so all right in second place, winning a T-shirt, uh, the well, I guess I, you can have a choice. If you want the uh, Welcome to 1990X uh, T-shirt, you can have that. And if you want the Retro Reset uh, purple purple T-shirt, you can have that. But uh, Spinsonator in second place wins the T-shirt. Yay! Congratulations, Spinsonator, on uh, your please. new T-shirt. Yeah, and oh, 100% bonus round. cotton. Please tumble dry low. Mixed with or wash with light colors. It is absolutely not 100% cotton, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh, polyester synthetic yeah. cotton. I don't know. Regardless, and wash with light colors, tumble to dry low. Our first place winner winning a $20 eShop card. $20 eShop gift card. And a t shirt from our Teespring site. Delicious. Give me a drum roll, buddy. Mosley Shores. And that is uh, that, that is that. Uh, actually, I have other things to say. This works out like I didn't. I didn't plan it this way. She her name showed up at number one, but I actually have a couple more things to send her. 
Um, hey, uh, bonus yeah. prizes. Yeah. Heading <laughs> she- your way. This is just a totally unrelated thing. Um, oh. she, she was a fan of the podcast that shall not be named. Uh, but oh, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. sending her uh, books. Let's put it that way. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't have to say another word. Congratulations, yeah. Mosley. You got prizes plus bonus prizes. Yeah. Uh, so we guys, both win because you get extra stuff and you save on shipping. Exactly. It works for me. Uh, so if you guys uh, would like to claim your prizes, which I'm sure you would, uh, please send us an email at retroresetpod at gmail.com. Uh, tell us your name and address uh, so that I can, you know, put this stuff in the mail and get it to you. Um, and yeah, we'll ship, very, we'll ship via carrier pigeon. And Charlotte, take um, if you would please uh, send me. Both of I, both of you, I need your T-shirt sizes. But uh, Charlotte, if you'd send me the preferred uh, eShop oh, yeah. you want your card from, so Whatever, if you want you it can, on Steam, Switch, Xbox, whatever, you can get some like Penguin points. Yeah, if you want your twenty, penguin. if you want your twenty dollars in Club Penguin, please let me know. Or maybe some uh, Roblox points. You there you go. <laughs> Who creates? There you go. We don't judge. Yeah. congratulations everybody who participated um we'll maybe we'll get to do something like this again sometime soon uh you guys all you listeners make it great all those who don't say anything and are listening in the background thank you for listening yeah thank you for all awesome people yep and we've been actually things have been going really well we uh i think we got like 30 new uh, followers on twitter in the past like week and a half so people have really been people have been connecting so that's awesome so if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm never going to comment on anything on any other social media, just know you're awesome. You yeah, know? we still love you thing. and you're thank awesome. you for listening. Yeah, you're going to get a nice firm handshake if you ever meet us in all, in in, uh, in, uh, in real life, and that's on the house. Yeah, you don't have to win that. Or a crisp high five. Or a crisp high five if you prefer. Or if you're a germaphobe, we can give a little a little elbow bump. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Or just, or just like a, a non creepy wink. Um, yeah. Perhaps a, a, actually, I only do creep. I only do creepy winks. A strong that's, nod. That's your department. A, str- a strong, strong nod. Hmm? A strong nod with uh, with um, three seconds of eye contact. Uh, lots there's of different, <laughs> lots of different options. Yes, we got. There's, there's a list. It'll be on the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> if you run into us, these are the options of things we can do. Anything more than that, though, it's gonna. If you put want in like, a quarter uh, five for second a, contact. For a, put in a quarter for three seconds of eye contact. If you more, want eyebrows. You yeah. want the eyebrows? That's four dollars. The, uh, the eyebrow raise is four dollars. Yeah, don't ask me why. But and that's then, the going rate. I looked it up. Then the eyebrow raise and nod that you only give people in elevators. That's seven dollars. But it's free if you're in an elevator. Basically, we've monetized every interaction we have with people. Yeah, we don't have many uh, friends. We don't. We uh, no one comes over anymore. It's it's a problem. Uh, my wife's worried about me. Uh, I haven't left my room in days. Send help. Uh, send help. Uh, <laughs> Things are looking pretty grim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that Anyways, about guys, wraps it up. Great job, man. I'm. Um, hey, thanks, man. You I did. Tried. A, you did I'll awesome. try to streamline it better next time. 
Well, but, I think next time is gonna we're gonna go back to the single episode format. Although Zelda's a a, a big game, I don't think it's quite as. Uh, well, no, I'm talking about the next long game that yeah. we're gonna play. The next time we do a, a yeah, the the long games that we're playing over a long period of time, those will be our our long episodes, our little extravaganzas. But uh, Zelda, I've already almost beaten, so <laughs> I'm like, I that, got a that, lot of catching up to do. Yeah, I, well, you know, you know, if you don't beat it, you don't beat it. I understand. It's it's pretty hard. It took me months to get where I was, so. But yeah. don't worry, I got us covered on that one. Uh, but you know, uh, still, Kyle is going to be uh, hosting. Sort of, we're we're moving to a more like, I feel like balanced format. So Kyle's going to be hosting the the gameplay review um, every time we do an episode now. Every every time we do a, uh, like any episode or just long ones. Yeah, dude, any episode. Oh shoot! Yeah. Oh shoot! Okay, you just, you just found out. <laughs> I just oh, rat! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the history, and and you're gonna handle the hey juicy what, bits. What do we think about this game? What do we think about the juicy bits of this game? Yeah, dude. Yeah, okay. dude. I'm down. I'm All down right, to man. Plan. I'm down to ruin it. Make everything. Make everyone hate us. I got it, dude. It's down. Tell to comment and tell Kyle how great he is. Okay, I need you to do that. Uh, hey man, self deprecation is my thing. I'm I'm not being serious. It's just what I do. Uh huh. I'm anyway. a piece of trash. So anyway, so see you guys next time. I want you guys to tweet on Twitter how awesome Kyle is, and I get to choose what goes in because I'm editing it. <laughs> and it's not going to really help much because I never get on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to send you the tweets. I'm going to take I'm going to take screenshots. Just I am me. Yeah. The screenshots. I'm okay. going to send it to you on AIM. Okay, good. Only AIM, though. If I get a text message, we're f***ing through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This one's going to be tough to edit. Sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. It's only because I don't remember where any of this happens, and I haven't been taking notes. Oh. <laughs> I need to start taking right. notes so I can bleep stuff. All right, guys. That's enough. That's We're, we're done. Goodbye. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> Bye. Bye.